Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and thank you for joining me today on The Love Code. It's always uh, just such a pleasure to be able to be here, have these conversations, to be able to share this with my growing community. There's so many fascinating <laughs> topics to talk about, especially on this podcast. And The Love Code is really about connecting to the spiritual dimension of who we are which has always been such an important part of my life, for most of my life, actually. So it's expanding our awareness of who we truly are, the power that we have, the healing that exists within us, just our connection to all of life. And um, I, I just love having this conversation. So I have another wonderful conversation in store for you today. And, and before we go there, I just always like to tell people, all my programs are archived. So you can always go to either my Facebook page and like me there over at What Women Must Know, which is the name of my other podcast I do on Progressive Radio Network every week. Or you can go to my website, which is drcherylselman.com. So it's drcherylselman.com. And opt in there, and then I'll send you all those archive shows and other interesting bits of information and articles and things that um, – working on all the time. So, um, yeah, I hope you'll be joining me and being part of this ongoing community, spreading wisdom and light and love into the world. And we're going to talk about spreading nutrition into the world because we're going to have a really wonderful conversation about the wisdom for body, mind, and soul from Nepal with Babita Shastra. So let me just say that uh, we're talking to Babita from Nepal, which is so exciting that we're actually having this conversation with Babita, who is presently in Nepal. And uh, I just want to share a little bit about her. She is a a plant-based chef, photographer, graphic designer, and author of this wonderful book called Plant-Based Himalaya, she enjoys creating new, unique flavors in all of her endeavors. The Bita grew up in the Tarai region of Nepal until the age of 12, then moved to the hilly region of Kathmandu, where she was traditionally trained to cook by her mother. As the oldest child of the family, it was her responsibility to cook, and it quickly grew into a true passion of hers. The unstable political situation in Nepal and her love of filmmaking brought Babita to study film in the United States over a decade ago. There she discovered graphic design and graduated with a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree. Later, as an entrepreneur, she started Vegan Nepal in Lexington, Kentucky in 2017. And in 2019, Babita put her full focus on her passion project, a beautifully photographed cookbook entitled Plant-Based Himalaya, and uh, every recipe, photo, illustration, even the layout are of her own fabrication, and I have to say, to, to add that it is a really beautiful book, beautifully photographed and beautifully laid out, and uh, and in addition, some really mouth-watering recipes. So um, all the way from Nepal, I welcome Gopita to the show today. So, Pepita, it's so good to have you, and welcome. Thank you so much, Dr. Cheryl. 
I'm so excited um, to be in your podcast today. Oh, I'm excited. I actually didn't know what we're going to be talking from Nepal because I know you dialing from a U.S. phone number. So that was a, that was a pleasure, you know. I was telling you, and I haven't really announced it on any of my programs because these things are just now getting finalized, but actually I, I am putting a trip together, a tour for a small group of people to go to Bhutan in, in May. It was supposed to be a trip that was scheduled about a year and a half ago, but of course everything has changed, you know, with those plans. And so I'm finally able to um, get it organized again. We're, we're doing a very special healing trip with um, the Medicine Buddha. The, the Medicine Buddha. This this is rarely done to people being able to work with lamas with these sacred um, chants and healing gifts that we'll be doing on this tour. But um, to get into Bhutan, one of the options is you can fly from Nepal. You have to choose Delhi, Thailand, Bangkok, or Nepal to get into Bhutan. And uh, I'm going to be flying in through Nepal. So I just love having this conversation because I have lived in India, although it was South India, not not in the Himalayan part. But... um, there's just, you know, wonderful opportunity for me to have such a great conversation with you, Babita, because you, you really appreciate more than ever, as we were talking before the show, just the the beauty and the bounty and the wisdom of your traditional culture. So um, I, I just want to start by sharing a little bit. I know that... Um, in, a, in the intro that you discovered your love for cooking. Tell us what it was like for you um, growing up in Nepal. What, what, what's that like? What was that like for you? First of all, uh, it, I think May is a wonderful time to visit Nepal. Everything is clear and mountains are clear, so I'm really happy for you. And growing up, Nepal was, I think, the most beautiful, I have, it is the most beautiful memories in my life. Uh, when I was going, when I, I was a child, I grew up in Torai. So in Torai, Torai is the flatland area of Nepal and the most agricultural part of Nepal. So there are a lot of varieties of rice, wheat, and a lot of varieties of vegetable. You can name it. So uh, uh, when I when I was growing up, I grew up with a lot of eating vegetables because everybody has their own garden in the front, in the back. Uh, people have bungalow style, tiny like you know one floor uh, house, and they also have their own farms, which is uh, a little bit further away from their own house, and then there. Uh, there are some people who also have a lot of cows and buffaloes, which is their job to take care of them. And most of these people were farmers. So the farmers take care of the big farm, and uh, they also take care of cows and buffaloes because the poop of the cows and buffaloes goes directly to the farm as a fertilizer. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I grew up with... Uh, 
uh, drinking fresh milk, eating fresh food and vegetables and fruits. Uh, there were no packaged food. I never even thought the packaged food exists. Uh, there were shops, but uh, it was more about showing your uh, culture, showing your talent, you know. Uh, there were people who used to sell food outside, but they were not packaged food, but uh, they sit down by the street uh, and then they sell whatever they can or whatever they grow in their house. Um, so it was seriously a very different, uh, now looking back, because the time has changed so much in these 36 years of living that it just feels like uh, where did that where did this 36 year pass you know and time has completely changed because after the age of 12 I had to move to Kathmandu and then I started seeing this huge change right away because the setting of Tarai and Kathmandu was very different. I really loved the temple city. There were a lot of temples. It was more a spiritual vibe there. But again, uh, there was uh, a lot of packaged food and uh, because of big populations, there were like pollutions. So uh, I feel like... Um, Living in Torai was one of my, like, you know, best moment of life because if I would not have grew in that way, I don't think I would have the person I have become now or the way I think now, I have become this person. Yeah. You know, um, it's so interesting listening to what life is like in a small village in Nepal where you're close to the land, you're living off the land, you have an abundance. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's been many generations, so there's wisdom of how to care for mm -hmm. the land and, and the animals. And, you know, yeah. you're speaking, I think for most um, people, whether it's uh, in the United States or in Europe or Australia, we hear that, and it's like we have, we have moved as a culture so far from that way so, of and so of, fast and so fast and and so disconnected as a result you know we um you know we it's fast food nation right so there's plenty of food it's all packaged and you know ra rarely not very fresh and not very clean but to be able to Remember that there was a time when we were able to live close to the land and then um, and have an understanding. And, you know, one of my one one of my realizations is that in our culture, United States, Western cultures, wherever you are, it's um, people eat and choose their food based on the latest fad, right? The latest fad. Uh huh. Because yes. we're not rooted in a wisdom such as in Ayurveda or in traditional Chinese medicine that has a deep, profound understanding of the body, of nature, of food as medicine, how to eat, when to eat, what to eat for, what conditions. We don't know what that is. And we have Absolutely. lost real grounding of 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 who we are in our bodies and how to be connected to nature. 
absolutely and plus i think like uh, uh, back in the days they didn't only like grow their own food but they also eat such the seasonal food so in summer they have a certain kind of uh, fruits and vegetables versus you know in the winter now with this like globalization people eat uh, different food but they they don't eat seasonal food yeah and and now you know when i was when i was studying a uh, traditional chinese medicine that was one of the most important things i learned from doing that study was the importance of eating seasonally that the Absolutely. body actually has changes even the microbiome you know and the bacteria live in our gut change with the seasons and the more we are in harmony with that the more our body is in balance and we're healthier we exactly. become and healthy healthier we become so one thing i really liked about coming to nepal is um, at least in pokhara there is uh, i can find seasonal food or let's say uh, vegetables so which is really good because uh, like you said i need to my body needs to be in harmony and if i don't eat seasonal food that is not really good for my health even though i'm eating fresh vegetables mm-hmm. right so here so what i did on uh huh go ahead go ahead baby so no, another thing i i like to mention since i came to nepal uh since i was here before the lockdown what happened was i was locked down in the hotel so i didn't had fridge and what i did was uh i thought that you know uh when i was growing up we didn't had fridge so we used to eat all fresh and uh, like we used to cook every day and then finish mm-hmm. it the same day and now i after i living in us what i also realized that uh, we don't even eat seasonal but we don't even eat fresh food we cook a lot and then we put it in the fridge and a lot of people also do meal planning like you know you cook it and you eat it for uh, two days three days i mean it sits in the fridge so what i thought was let's do an experiment uh, 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 we are really blessed that we are already in nepal and we have abundance of vegetables here so let's uh, try not to have fridge as much as we can you know it was just a trial in the beginning and then let's go to the market because we have a lot of vegetable market here not like you know a big supermarket but teeny tiny local markets in walking distance so we thought it is really great uh, we'll walk to the vegetable market and it will be like a walk like an exercise and then we'll buy vegetable every day fresh and then uh, we'll bring it home and then we'll also cook it fresh we'll cook it the same day and then uh, usually i always cook my lunch or dinner and then i finish it right away and then it actually became a habit because now i'm living in nepal for 3 years and i feel seriously wonderful so uh, let me ask you babita you've lived in the united states for many years you've been back in nepal now for 3 years what do you see the difference in people who are eating 
that traditional way, fresh food, daily foods, you know, they don't save it. They, you know, in traditional Chinese medicine, the, the worst thing you could do is um, save food, you know, because it's the yeah. food, it's the smells, it's the energy of the food when it's freshly cooked. And to put it in the fridge and then have it three days later is, is like it's gone. The, 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 the life force is gone. <laughs> but what do you yes. notice? The difference between people who are eating that traditional way compared to the way Americans eat. Do you, do you have some observations? Yeah, absolutely. I think they're more healthy in general. I'm, I'm, I don't know what uh, their body feels inside. But in general, people are healthy, uh, whoever eats seasonal food in Nepal. But another problem here is this packaged food has taken over and young people, especially I see young people, uh, are eating uh, not really seasonal food and they're not cooking and they're eating, uh, they're like dependent on all this packaged food. Mm. And now I can see the difference between, for example, like let's say people who are uh, a little bit older than my age, like who are in their 50s, Versus, like, you know, people who are in their 20s and 30s, they're mm -hmm. uh, not even the health, but just the figure, like, you know, uh, when you eat healthy food every day, just the vegetables, you can't really uh, get heavy. They are very, mm -hmm. um, they have a certain, like, uh, physical body. They are uh, not mm -hmm. neither uh, big, neither tiny. And uh, mm -hmm. a lot of people also walk here a lot because everything is in walking distance again, not in like U.S. that you have to drive, uh, you know, to go to a store or to go anywhere. There's, if you don't live in a city, you cannot go anywhere by walking. So uh, not even just like eating, but I think uh, eating, walking, and they're also spiritual. So they also go to temples or like just worship at home. Uh, these three things is very important to balance your life. And whoever does all these three things, I see they are also very happy. Their face is always lit. Like there's, mm -hmm. you can just mm -hmm. see see in their face. Like for example, uh, uh, there is a um, there is a older man. I tell him grandfather. Uh, he he takes of the cows and buffalo, and uh, he has his dairy business. He's uh, he's in my neighborhood, and he's the most happiest uh, older person I have seen in my life. I'm so uh, I'm so like. Uh, impressed by his lifestyle that when I decided, me and my husband, we decided that when we go to America, we need to have a cow as well because I think, <laughs> like, you know, there is, a, there is a correlation between, like, uh, living with not only human but, like, you know, having a pet that, uh, that also, like, um, gives you uh, some kind of good energy back no, love back. So uh, beside that, there is another woman who is also a little bit older in her late 50s. My, she's my uh, landlord lady. And she's like a highly spiritual woman. She's uh, not like a regular uh, woman. Uh, those kind of women are called Mata in Nepal. 
they have mm-hmm. a godly uh, presence let's say and then if they mm-hmm. don't do puja and all then uh, they have uh, uh, like uh, their body does not feel good they have to do this because uh, mm-hmm. they have been chosen let's say by the god that's what they say and then uh, mm. i also see her like you know she has she does puja in the morning and in the evening and then she mm-hmm. eats uh, as fresh as she can cuz she also has her garden uh, and then uh, besides that she does her cleaning like you know house chores she also has a cow most of these people to be honest uh, who are really happy they have one cow or like some kind of animal cow or buffalo let's say and uh, she's also one of the most happiest women i have seen in my life so like you know just to come here and experience that uh, gave me a different perspective on like you know where does the happiness comes from are you happy you're there i'm so happy oh my god <laughs> i can't even explain this three years went by like you know maybe five months like it went too fast hmm. you know and, and the other the other thing uh, in addition to the you know that connection to the the, the food but it's connection to nature because if you're walking everywhere and you're out every day in the market the fresh food in your gardens yeah i mean you live at the foothills of these amazing himalayas and you know it's a very different experience of life when you are so connected to the power and the healing the healing energies of nature exactly yeah mhm exactly the healing power of nature like you said just eating healthy doesn't make us healthy and that is what to be honest was an eye opening experience to me when when i started living in nepal and i'm glad that we decided like you know when we came back to nepal uh, we don't want to come here for only a month or two months or a year we want to go there and we want to live there and we want to experience what we uh, we were supposed to experience you know this is spirituality mm-hmm. and me and mouse when we're both very spiritual and to be honest pokhara is a very spiritual uh, place i heard that back in the days a lot of like you know big rishis and uh, yogis used to come here to do yoga and then you know meditation so when i came to pokhara i instantly felt that uh, energy wow how far is that from kathmandu what direction is it and how how far uh it is only 5 hours away it's not too far but if you fly it is not even 20 minutes i think 20 to 25 okay. minutes so i yeah. really suggest you like you know if you want to uh i mean you have uh, i think uh, pokhara has the international airport now so if you want to come to kathmandu that's great but if you don't like city life and if you want to experience more mountain and more like you know mountain culture i i will highly suggest you to come to pokhara <laughs> because that is also one of the best time to visit pokhara <laughs> oh well you, you know it definitely got me excited about <laughs> going over to nepal you know um is nepal more um hindu or buddhist what what's the religion the spiritual 
uh, in nepal we celebrate we celebrate both uh, hinduism mm-hmm. and buddhism uh, but mm-hmm. uh, from my experience when we were child we were not really taught like you know uh, our own uh, religion to be honest uh, religion is a part of nepali culture mm-hmm. uh, so like you know i started uh, and i started uh, my my grandfather he used to worship uh, krishna mm-hmm. so like that is how i started worship uh, started worshiping different gods but then i started mm-hmm. growing up i also learned about buddhism uh, mm-hmm. um, and then i also uh, i also found out that you know i also like buddhism and i also like hinduism they are both part of our culture now there is no strict rule of like you know you have to be a strict hindu or you have to be a strict buddhist you know buddhist but apart from that we also have other indigenous culture where you know people uh, believe in shamanism uh, so like uh, i think most nepali who are spiritual they believe in um, nature Hinduism, Buddhism, Dhakwis, Saman. Yeah, it's it's um it's such a different reality, isn't it? I you know to, yeah. for you to experience these two different cultures, which are in a sense diametrically opposed. Western culture yes. here in the United States, and then that life, that that simple community-based nature connected way of living from Nepal Absolutely that is why after living a decade in US I was really confused and I was just like uh, really went in like deep thinking that um, how I how I used to like think before and how I have completely changed Uh, my not only my thinking but just like my lifestyle and uh, this feeling that i am having inside which is why i thought like this is really a time to go back to my country and reconnect and it is so important for a spiritual child like me to reconnect with my ancestor because love is the biggest religion to be honest you know uh mm-hmm. even both religions says that you need to love more and uh, there should be you know more non violence right? right i mean both hinduism yeah. and buddhism is the same part and in my theory is like you know there is so many things that buddha didn't like about hinduism so he started uh, buddhism <laughs> because uh, before buddha was uh, buddha he was uh, born in uh, lumbini and back in the this that part was i think uh, hindu mm-hmm. so um, i mean people that's why uh, nepali people in general they follow both hindu and Buddhi, buddhism because they for me i cannot choose one like mm-hmm. it's so difficult so difficult to choose one cuz like i was uh, raised in both culture now and uh, i want mm-hmm. to embrace the good things about both culture because they are both my ancestors to be honest you know more than a religion mhm well 
you know, the the um, the understanding of those um, you know cultures. Of, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know the, the thing that has always fascinated me about places like Nepal and Bhutan and even in India, but more so I think in um, Nepal and Bhutan, um, the um, the the connection to those values, the Buddhist, uh, so that the the Hindu cultures, and like you said, as they blended together, they both exist harmoniously, um, creates the values that the culture has, right? So you see the world based yes, on absolutely. these values of honoring nature and life and, and mind, you know, being at peace and, you know, honoring absolutely. the Absolutely. And also doing, uh-huh, yes. And also, like you know, the main uh, also uh, teaching of both uh, religion is you need to do good karma. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like that. I mean, yeah. there might be so many this and that, but the whole summary is like you know, you need to do good karma. Otherwise, how are you gonna get enlightenment or like how are you gonna get your head clear? Yeah. Yeah. Do do you so find is, the people? Do you find the people where you are are, um, are take care of each other? Do, you know, when you're in a small village, I guess it's a very different relationship people have with each other. Absolutely. So even within Nepal, I have seen now uh, two different kind of people. Let's say. Uh, city people and village people. I love village people. They are seriously so kind and naive and just like, you know, they're living their life in this moment. They don't have any desire of like, you know, I want to be a millionaire or like, you know, I want to be, um, scam somebody or like, you know, be shady or things like that. They are, most of them are again farmers because that is what our culture is. To be honest, mountain people are farmers. So they are uh, very focused in their farming. And when you are a farmer, you are really busy on thinking about uh, what you are growing like every season. So they don't even have time to think about uh, all these other things that people think in city who do a lot of business, you know. So uh, most of them, because like when I went to Mardi Himal, I experienced that village life, like more village life than Pokhara. And I really, I really liked it, but it was kind of difficult to live there at that time. So, but I would like to go back and again experience this mountainous life more because they are seriously very nice, naive. Uh, I, I really like the way they talk and like the, the way they give wisdom, like real wisdom of like, you know, how life should be. And just like talking with these people, I think I get more uh, knowledge of mm. like how to live life. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. they are never talking about business or like, you know, things, other things that uh, people are always thinking in city life. Yeah. And it's sad. I feel really sad that uh, how people who are in city, they're so disconnected mm. with this nature and they are always thinking about uh, uh, how to grow my business or like, you know, 
how to make money, how to be always busy and how to always be, I mean, it's a very stressful life, let's say, comparison to village life. People in village, they don't even have to wear fancy shoes. They are just walking bare feet in their uh, villages or sorry, uh, in their land. And just doing their thing like like a real people and how my ancestors were. And just to see that, I I think I was really lucky because these days people don't even have time to take some time off and, you know, travel to a very different place or different part of the country and experience that kind of lifestyle. We're all yeah, living so in this bubble, I think. <laughs> Yeah, it's so interesting listening to you share the experience in Nepal and how, you know, it's a, it's a different reality than what is found in the West because it's based on different cultures, values, actually. And um, Seriously. we sometimes forget, you know, we forget that there are other ways you can live life or that there are other ways that make life more meaningful and pleasurable, um, you know, that, that are out there in the world. You know, I, I, Absolutely. You know, I, I've had, the, I've had the, the privilege to live different lifestyles. You know, there was a time I lived in a mud hut. <laughs> and I always say it was one of the best homes I ever lived in, <laughs> you know, in India. And I lived in a mud hut by myself. It was amazing. Um, That's true. And I wouldn't mind going back and living in a mud hut. <laughs> to be honest, I could do that. Right. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to live different kind of lifestyle to even understand your life. Mhm. Yeah. Otherwise, how would you even how would you even know like, you know, what uh, what you want in your life? Yeah. Um and let's with talk this about, modern Uh-huh. I I was going to say for Vita, I I want to make sure we talk about food because you know, sure. I, I, I'm just personally fascinated by the, the Nepalese culture and everything you've been sharing and, and how it impacts not only their health, people's health, but how it impacts the quality of life and how people really experience, you know, that happiness that we're all looking for. I mean, in the West, everyone's looking for happiness. We just think it comes from owning more stuff or having more money or more friends or whatever, right? <laughs> And, yeah. and in, in villages in, in Nepal, they, they're not searching for it. It's like the quality of life supports that community. You're absolutely right. So Nepali food is, uh, I have a picture in my book, Nepali Dal Vajset. Nepal is a small country. So rice is very like, you know, essential part of our uh, food. And then beside rice, we have one kind of dal, uh, depending on where you live. And beside dal, uh, you have one kind of greens, always, because we also really love greens, and greens are really healthy for our body. But dal, that is uh, sag. And then uh, if you have uh, a more seasonal vegetable, you can make one kind of curry. Now, again, mm. uh, mountainous people don't put a lot of spices because it is not available there. Maybe now, because of, like, you know, there are roads, it is available. 
but usually people who live up in the mountain uh, their food is more simple than the food i have made in my book so but but there the the format of the food the nepali said is same either you go to torai or you go to mountain dal bhat mm-hmm. uh, set is dal bhat torkari and then sag and achar achar is pickle uh, tomato sauce it is really delicious and it is a really great combo that is very important because you don't put a lot of oil to make this rice and dal and uh, your pickle and your sag or uh, greens and then your curry and besides that like you know uh, like i said we simply eat seasonal food uh, if you have a lot of radish or other vegetables they also make fermented pickle so whenever they don't have tomatoes they can use fermented pickle just for the taste of uh, their for the taste buds and then uh, again if you have other vegetables grown uh, around your area for example uh let's say carrot or radish they also like to have some raw vegetable on the side so for me uh i could have written any book but i thought that you know this is the food it is a soul food it is very simple it is very nutritious it has all kind of vitamins you need to live a simple healthy lifestyle so that is why i thought this is what i really want to do because uh, nepali dal was said is a very staple food and it is uh, it is what to be honest uh, unites nepali people from different region and then it is what keeps this uh, uh, nepali people healthy in different regions so um I I I would love for you to talk about the spices. You know, uh the the sure. foods and the whether in India, whether in Nepal, probably in Bhutan, there there's a lot of um uh curries. There are a lot of mm-hmm. the teas. My favorite tea is actually the chai with all the spices that I mm-hmm. I, I drink as especially when sure. it's colder colder months. But I I'd like you to talk about why we want to incorporate some of these foods with these spices for the health benefits not just the taste but the health benefits which is based on that wisdom from ayurvedic medicine Absolutely so I've divided my book into uh as you see teas and then grains and then lentils curries greens snacks pickles and dessert uh, i didn't put a lot of dessert because we don't really to be honest eat dessert uh, dessert was something that came later later on mm-hmm. and uh, the most uh, important spices in nepali food is cumin seed that is very important uh, and then ginger uh, garlic turmeric is very important but later on uh, since like you know nepal is in the border of india we have other uh, spices that co- that comes from uh, different regions like cardamom cinnamon but uh, um uh, in this uh, lately uh, nepal grows all a uh, lot of different 
um, spices as well. Like for example, I know that they have started cultivating cardamom. They have started cultivating cinnamon. So uh, these are all uh, spices that, for example, uh, you use cumin seed for our good digestive system. It helps mm -hmm. to digest our food. Uh, similarly, uh, ginger. Ginger is really good for health. It also helps in digestion. So, um, in Nepali food, we do not put a lot of spices. We just put right amount of spices because uh, mm -hmm. um, they all have uh, medicinal benefits. And like for example, let's go back to here my masala tea. I have added three different kind of tea for for your three different kind of mood. So if you want to have something very warm and like you know feel very fresh, you can have masala tea, which has uh, ginger, cloves, cinnamon, cardamom, black pepper. And uh, this all helps you to, these are all mood boosters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it helps you to, you know, uh, uh, helps you to boost your mood and make you do something. Like, for example, if you want to work on some project, you can have your masala tea and then work on your project. Uh, similarly, uh, I have ginger tea. Ginger is really... Um, really great for everything. I mean, uh, so for for uh, example, if you have, uh, let's say, bad uh, stomach ache, or for example, if you have a bad headache, uh, our ancestor didn't used to go to a doctor. They just used to have ginger tea, so it will just like you know make you feel good. It is itself a um, Ayurvedic medicine. And besides that, I have Ayurvedic tea, uh, which I chose when you are feeling like, uh, uh, when you are uh, feeling cold and your nose is running, especially in the winter time, you want something more healing, with healing power, and uh, makes you feel good from inside. Uh, in that case, you can have Ayurvedic tea, which has more spices than other tea like ginger, cumin, uh, turmeric, cloves, some lemon, and uh, black pepper, uh, and thyme seed. So, uh, Nepali food is very simple, but uh, in a way, it is very healthy. Um, I want to just say that we just talked with those teas to start off with. The fact that um, these teas are made with spices, these these healing healing spices, the the ginger, the cardamom, the cumin. Um, you know these these are all uh, healing gifts from nature. Uh, Absolutely. As, so, so when we when we can incorporate them into a tea, we not only get a, a really flavorful tea, you know, delicious tasting tea, but as teas should be, they are really nourishing the body and supporting the body. And that's the, you know, that's such a gift that comes from Nepal and India and those cultures where 
that these spices have been known to be not just flavorful, but actually profoundly beneficial to the body for healing. Absolutely. Like they have, uh, uh, like, uh, let's say, for they control um, blood sugar and they have anti-inflammatory you know, effects. Uh, they're also like, um, let's say, antioxidant. So uh, when I talk about tea, it's really good to have more spices in your tea, especially when you are sick, than just to have uh, like a modern packaged uh, tea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. You know, I, you I know mean, like that's, this is... This is they have a packaged tea for everything, and I feel like uh, I don't know what kind of spices they have put. And obviously, they state that these are the ingredients, but it starts from one hand to another hand, and like you know, and goes to the packaged uh, place, and then goes to the store. So by the time it goes to the store, I feel like it uh, loses all its like nutritional values. Yes, I know. And let's talk about uh, curries. I'm really fascinated by curries because, again, curries, which are so popular, and they're, you know, all different kinds of curries, and I don't even really understand all the different kinds of curries, but those basic ingredients of a curry were uh, part of this this healing tradition. That these foods that are, you know, that you are eating traditionally are uh-huh. actually designed and as food was always supposed to be, to be made with ingredients that actually have the, the healing energies to them, the spices, the turmeric, the ginger, all, the, the curry powder. The, these, things, these are not only tasty spices to food, but they actually play a more important role in our health. Absolutely. They are the real medicine. Mm. Right. You know, back in the days, if you are sick and when there were no doctors, they used to uh, grind all these different kind of medicinal spices and then just give you instead of a pill, they will give you, you know, this kind of cure. I mean, turmeric, ginger, cumin seed is one of the most, uh, it has the most medicinal values Mm -hmm. that not only help our body, but like, you know, it helps our digestive system and uh, the most important thing uh, to live a healthy lifestyle is to, you know, make sure our digestive system is good, make sure our heart is good and make sure our uh, mind is clear and uh, make sure like you know uh, our our health is good in a way that we're adding more spices in our life in the right amount now right amount mm-hmm. is also very important well so much to learn, so much to for us to return to this wisdom because, you know, in our culture, we've strayed 
so far from understanding how food truly is medicine. And uh, I, I found it interesting that you were saying you didn't put many desserts in because it isn't a traditional part of uh, a Nepalese diet. Um, you know, I guess only for special occasions, right? They would There would be treats, but not generally speaking. Yeah, uh, because... Um because like uh, our culture was like we had i think we had such a, a healthy lifestyle that eating a lot of uh, dessert was never a thing it came from different culture later but our mm-hmm. favorite dessert while i was growing up was yogurt mm-hmm. yogurt was i wow. remember as far as i remember uh, because, like, you know, there is abundance of, again, uh, milk because, like I said, everybody used to have uh, some cow or, like, a buffalo. And then once you have one or two, uh, one cow or two buffaloes, then it just expands, like, you know, naturally. So uh, people who like to, like, you know, who, some people just love uh, taking care of cows and buffaloes, like, uh, uh, that is, let's say, some people like becoming a farmer. Some people just like to take care of cows and buffaloes, and that is their lifestyle. And that is what uh, they, how they also make uh, money. Especially when I was growing up, barter system was still very popular. Uh, like you know, people were not really uh, were dealing with money at that time. In time, money had very high value, not like these days. So, uh, for example, if you want to get something else, they will barter with uh, yogurt or whatever they make, let's say, or ghee or uh, milk. Right. And I think we're going to be going back to the barter system as well. (laughs) What about, um, it's interesting that, you know, when I was reading your book, and I know tr- traditionally for many Indian dishes that you would have many things on a platter, you know, many little bowls of things, and and that there are always those pickles, and especially in your book, you talk about the pickles. So it seems that there, the, the use of pickles is a traditional part of your of your diet. Is it also understood the role that pickles have as a fermented food for your health? I think so, uh, because uh, our ancestors knew how to live a good lifestyle, to be honest, because that's what they did. They were all farmers, so, like, you know, they had nailed down what is the right way to live. And now fermented food is so popular in the modern world uh, so for pickle, I think why they used to make pickle, because the food was very light. Like I said, they didn't used to even put a lot of this ginger garlic, because again, Nepal is a mountainous country. So if you are in Tarai region, uh, in the flatlands, you can grow uh, whatever you want. But as you go up in the mountain, they didn't really have this uh, culture of like, you know, eating a lot of varieties of food. Because there is already like um, limited time to grow certain kind of food during certain uh, season, especially in the cold areas. So uh, as far as I know, they don't really add a lot of spices back in the day because there were no roads. 
and they were not available so they used to make pickle to spice up their food and of course it mm-hmm. has nutritional value as well and but mm-hmm. later on um, since now there is road almost everywhere uh, spices started uh, traveling everywhere and then now people have finally started you know adding more spices in their uh, curries and uh, you know even dal but back in the days mountain food is very simple like literally mm-hmm. uh, you just put uh, whatever grows in your garden and then cook it up well with yeah, and salt sure. those those uh the pictures which are very beautiful in your book because you really bring the culture and the land the beauty of Nepal through in your book but you also did a great job presenting the the food that the you know for the recipes that you have and i, I you know i looked at those those dishes and they all look so good you know all those different types of curries it's like oh my god i would love to have some of them because they're so nourishing right they're just so Absolutely. nourishing you know it's Absolutely. like the real food it's not you don't pop it in the microwave <laughs> seriously so uh, after living after living in us uh well first thing it is great that i grew up in parai because then first i saw the first hand living of how uh, my ancestors used to live you know because over there we used to live more agricultural life a lot of vegetable a lot of everything fresh food and then slowly i moved into this modern world and realized that i am eating a lot of packaged food so uh and i also come from a chef family my mother is really great uh, chef and then uh, there are other restaurant tours in my family so i thought that i will become a chef at very early age because it is just uh, it is ancestral let's say and um, it comes in my dna but uh, it didn't happen and i ended up going for graphic design and then after i completed graphic design i realized that this is not uh, what i was supposed to become you know my this uh, desire of uh, like you know i felt like i was supposed to be a farmer or like i was supposed to work in a farm and grow my food and cook and like you know things like that not sit inside a Uh, an office and design in the computer all day because it didn't exist in my life 10 years ago it happened after i went to america so mm-hmm. that is why uh, i decided to move and take a break and then really think what i want to do in my life because i was about to be 30 you know and that is mm-hmm. why why i was also really more concerned that how come i am almost 30 and i still really don't know that what i want to do in my life i spent so much money already like you know studying design and i do like design i also like photography i was already doing photography for a decade but for some reason i thought that you know from inside i am i am a chef like you know i like cooking more than doing anything else 
and uh, even though i haven't come out as a chef i think now it's the time to figure it out or like let's say give it a shot and see <laughs> if this is really what i really want to do and if not i will choose some other path i mean life is long and i have i have enough skills to like you know live my life and then the great yeah. thing what happened was i also met my husband at that time you know in this whole uh, my confused living life at that time and then he also saw my skill and he also gave me suggestion that if that is what you want to do do it because i need to live my life in present right yeah so that is how uh, uh, we ended up in a, a bookstore by that time you will not believe i didn't even know how cookbooks look like because i was living i don't know which uh, lifestyle i was living but i didn't really had a good idea of how cookbook is or how cookbook looks like um because i think i was in more in the uh, like a world of arts and more in the world of uh, opening a restaurant like you know restaurant chef so uh, when i ended up in this bookstore in lexington i realized that oh my goodness how come how come like i never saw this reality before because everything i see in this cookbook i was meant to do this and i was to be yeah. honest already meant to do this but uh, somehow it didn't happen and i also thought it, there must be some reason you know because so uh, that is life yeah uh-huh. yeah i i i'd love to listen to more but we're coming to the end of the show uh-huh. so interesting and and thank you for being with us but i want people to know your book is called plant based himalaya they can go uh-huh. to your website vegannepal.net and sure. uh, i i i just want to um first of all acknowledge you for the journey you've been on and the courage to find the different paths in life and to share your wisdom with us and the, the healing power from your traditional land your traditional culture the traditional wisdom and uh, you know thank you for all the work you're doing and uh we should have another conversation because well, i have to go now <laughs> but sure um, thank you so much so plant wisdom himalaya by babita tresta mm-hmm. and vegannepal.net is the website go check it out it's a beautiful project a beautiful book healing food babita so much thank you for being with us thank today. you so much dr sarah for inviting me and letting me share my uh, views on uh, how a plant based lifestyle looks like i hope to talk yes. to you again Are you bet and I have to go so as always peace love and harmony to all of you bye for now namaste